0: Welcome back, everyone. Today we're doing a special bonus episode. Today is Halloween, 2023, and we're going to finish the month off a little bit spooky here on the Mind Wealth Podcast. My name is Chelsea, and I'll continue to be your host here on this ride. So, if you're new or if you've been around, thank you so much for listening. This is the final episode of the month, where we have shifted into more creepy topics to get you in the mood for spooky season. So, happy Halloween, everyone, and let's creep. Welcome to the bonus episode for the month of October. I'm trying to get better at doing these when I have extra ideas and not enough Wednesdays in a month to chit-chat with you about topics that I hope spark some interest around the general theme. So, for this bonus episode, we are going to be deciphering the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath. While some believe that these terms could be used interchangeably, often popularized by headlines or horror films, they are in fact different terms with different treatment options. Now, if you want the short and dirty version, I'll be starting off with that and then diving into some of the statistics and history a bit later on. So let's roll. Sociopathy is marked by traits of risk-taking, impulsivity, and oftentimes violence. There is a high number of incarcerated persons with many of these traits. A psychopath is someone who lacks regard for other people, uses controlling and manipulative behavior, and cannot form emotional relationships because of lack of empathy. They have more control over the outcomes of their emotions than a sociopath does, and it could potentially become quite skilled in their lines of work. We will talk more about famous cases of each type in a bit. Lying and manipulation are central to both of these disorders, as well as disregard for the rights of others. But first, let's take a peek behind the door of psychopathy. In 1888, the term psychopathy was created by a German psychiatrist, which translates to the suffering soul. At the turn of the 20th century, the criterion for the diagnosis started to fall into place. In the 1920s, the definition for psychopathy included those who hurt others or themselves, those who were depressed, shy, or insecure. It became an overarching term for someone who was not what society would deem normal. In 1952... The first version of the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, or DSM, was released, who used earlier works which talked about psychopathy as a sanity mask, and delved into the world of personality disturbance. By the second edition of the DSM, all the criterion were combined and became located under the umbrella terms of antisocial personality disorders, instead of previously having to diagnose affect and behavioral tendencies separately. Today, the term psychopathy is no longer included in the DSM, and instead it is grouped under the Antisocial Personality Disorder, or ASPD. Though the cause of psychopathy is hard to put your finger on, it is observed to be both a nature and nurture disease. While the underlying brain chemistry problems, and lack of development in certain areas, doesn't cause it specifically, the combination of those plus poor environment allows it to manifest. How would you treat psychopathy? Well, It would be difficult, as no two cases are alike, and there is no one medication that can solve the issues each might have. But a general rule to follow when dealing with someone of this nature is reduce their connection with negative life enforcements, things like negative friend circles, abusive drugs or alcohol, and altering behaviors to be more positive interactions. One of the less known but still famous psychopaths, Elizabeth Holmes, was the mastermind behind a biotech scam that ran thousands of false tests and took millions to the point of almost a billion dollars from investors. She showed some serious psychopathic tendencies within her work, without empathy for the people that she hurt, to the point where her blood tests could be giving false positives to cancer patients, ultimately causing their deaths. And while she didn't directly murder them in a roundabout way, she definitely caused their death. But don't worry too much, because psychopathy is only present in about 2% of the population in the United States of America, and while that seems kind of high, it's much higher in prison, where it can be anywhere between 12 and 24% uh, uh, at a given time. Now let's talk sociopath. While a person with sociopathic tendencies is someone who doesn't follow norms, struggles with relationships, is highly impulsive and risk-taking, these traits are what differentiate them from a psychopath. This is a lifetime disorder of behavior that impairs functioning and causes distress. The prevalence of this disorder is between 1 and 4%, and much like psychopathy, is less prevalent in women. The history of sociopathy isn't as deep as that of psychopathy, but it's really stemmed from a study that was done in the 1920s that ran for about a decade, and continued to have follow-up later on, in the participants' lives. It was tracking the delinquent behavior of children and what it meant for their adulthood as well as a second study that ran concurrently in Massachusetts and found similar results. The participants who met the criterion for ASPD as children struggled with adult criminality and deviant behaviors later in life. While when they started their studies, sociopathy was recognized as a personality disturbance, as time progressed, so did the classification and the now ASPD, which was included in 1980 in the DSM-3. And this term is still in use today. The major indicators of this issue could generally be described as instability. Things like failure to conform with the law, failure to keep employment, failure to maintain a stable interpersonal relationships are all key factors. One interesting tidbit is that ASPD cannot be diagnosed until the person is 18 years of age and must show previous behavioral instability while younger leading up to this diagnosis. Much like psychopathy, it has a lot of different treatment options. However, there are different choices for sociopathy. As both therapy and medication in conjunction have been shown to be the most helpful, medicinally treating for co-occurring conditions like aggressive behavior or impulsiveness, and using talk therapy for things like anger management or other mental health conditions, seem to do the trick. And while perhaps not all cases can be cured, many cases can be helped with these techniques. A famous sociopath you may or may not know of, Diane Downs, created elaborate stories to try and cover up murdering one of her three children and attempting to murder her other two. A short synopsis of the story was that Diane had taken her kids horseback riding, and when it started to become dark, she traveled towards home. Since her kids fell asleep, she thought she would go sightseeing on a road less visited, where a man, unknown to her, emerged from a bush and shot her three children after she refused to hand over her car. She pretended to throw her keys, pushing the man out of the way, and when he was distracted, got herself shot in the arm, but she managed to drive away, and at this point, took all her three children to the nearest hospital. Her erratic behavior continued as she built a web of her stories about what happened. Diane continued to talk and talk, almost as if she was trying to convince herself that what she was saying was true. Things like, why would I take my children to the hospital if I had shot them? But shortly after she was suspected of having something to do with the murder and attempted murders, they found her diaries, which authorities believed held the key to why she did it. Diane was obsessed with a merry man who wanted nothing to do with another man's children. Diane had decided that this man was more important in the lives of her children, and she concocted a plan. That didn't work out in her favor, thank goodness. One of her daughters, though severely impaired by the shot and a stroke, helped piece together some of the night in-questions events, stating that she never saw a man there, and she became the star witness in the trial against her mother, pointing the final finger when asked, who shot you? So, what can we take away from this comparison of two extremely rare but kind of scary disorders? That they are not the same thing. Though they fall under similar categories and have similar features in movies or on TV, how can you remember them? Well, let's make it simple. Someone with a antisocial personality disorder, previously known as sociopathy, is what you might think of as a hothead, because they're erratic, impulsive, and somebody with psychopathy you might consider cold-hearted, because they lack all empathy. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I've enjoyed our time together. If you want to join me again for another chat, you can keep your eyes peeled every Wednesday for a new episode feel free to follow me at mindwealth on Instagram if you want to get to know me a little bit in the meantime. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.